Welcome to the Endpoints Podcast, presented by the ALS Therapy Development Institute. I'm Jonathan Gang. There are currently no effective treatments available for ALS. Because of this, many people living with ALS turn to clinical trials, both to get a chance to receive a potentially beneficial treatment and to help push forward the scientific effort to help end the disease. It's not an easy commitment. Participants may have to travel to faraway sites to receive treatment, undergo uncomfortable or even painful procedures, and face the chance that, in many trials, they may be randomized into the placebo group. Jose Fajardo, a radio producer and executive living in Hawaii, elected to take on some remarkable challenges in order to join a clinical trial himself, including traveling for regular site visits all the way from Hawaii to Texas. Today, he joins us on Endpoints to talk about his story, how he decided a clinical trial was right for him, and what his experience was like. Jose, who grew up in Puerto Rico, had already enjoyed a long career in radio, TV, and news when he came to Hawaii to take over as the director of the local NPR station in 2016. In 2019, just a few years into his dream job, he first began to notice something wasn't right. Uh, all my life, I've been very active. Uh, I, I played soccer uh, through high school. Um, uh, as an adult, I played in softball leagues. I played in adult soccer leagues till I was 52, did a boxing routine, uh, biked 20 miles on the weekend. When I came to Hawaii, I got into um, outdoor running, uh, and especially running the, the, the beautiful trails um, here in Hawaii. Uh, in a very, you know, in, in, in running really in a competitive way, um, working out three or four times a week at Orange Theory Fitness. Um, and because I was in really good shape and, and I understood my body, um, I started to notice gradual changes um, to my running gait, my walking gait, and my balance. And this started happening around the fall of 2019. Um, and I just noticed that all of a sudden things that I used to be able to do in the gym, uh, balance wise were becoming difficult. Uh, I was noticing that, um, when I walk to work that sometimes I felt like I was walking, like I was drunk. Um, and sometimes I would, I would feel like I was walking, like I was Frankenstein. Uh, and I, started to communicate this with my primary care physician who thought I was just over exerting myself. Um, you know, he said, look, you're, you're, you're in your mid fifties. <laughs> you need to slow down a little bit. Uh, I was doing a lot of travel at the time. So he just thought I was just overextending my, myself. So I took some time off from working out and running, but the issues weren't going away. And I, and, and then I started experiencing spasms uh, in my legs. Uh, and eventually I, I convinced my PCP to, uh, give me a referral to a neurologist. Uh, and right away, uh, the neurologist within minutes of doing some minor, uh, physical examinations expressed concerns. Um, although he didn't know at the time what I had, but he, he, he realized that something was not right. Um, so I was put through a battery of tests, um, dozens of blood tests, a couple of MRIs, uh, a spinal tap, um, which is a lot of fun, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, um, and eventually uh, an EMG, uh, which all came back negative. Um, this was in the early 
2020. So this was right at the beginning of COVID. All the tests came back negative. The EMG came back negative. Uh, and so at that point, the, my neurologist um, was able to say, you know, we're, you're clear of all the bad stuff. Um, and the only thing remaining is uh, paraparesis, which is the gradual paralysis of the legs. And I was like, okay, well, if the, all the bad stuff has been eliminated, I could deal with uh, paraparesis and, uh, uh, and, and deal with that effectively. Um, but what started to occur was that um, things were just getting worse and not stable. And, and then I started noticing that I was getting twitching uh, in the legs uh, and twitching in the arms uh, and spasms and cramping in the arms. Um, and I went back to my neurologist uh, and one of his colleagues actually um, came into the room who had looked at my records and said, you know, something's not right here. Uh, let me do, if you're, if you're willing, let me do an EMG right now <laughs> of your arms. Uh, and he did. Uh, and right away, he noticed uh, the signs of ALS present uh, in my arms. Uh, so at that point, we, we went, uh, we transferred to another neurologist who specializes in ALS here in Hawaii. Uh, and she ordered a complete EMG, you know, ankle to, to head uh, type EMG, uh, and, and that confirmed uh, the diagnosis that ALS was present in my lower limbs and my upper limbs uh, and my back uh, and not in my bulbar um, area. That diagnosis, official diagnosis, came in May of uh, 2021. Facing a diagnosis with few good options, Jose and his family decided to search for a clinical trial that might provide for access to an experimental ALS treatment. One of the first things we did when we, we received the diagnosis was to begin the research process of what is out there. Uh, and what we learned quickly is that we really had to become our own advocates um, because these research trials don't come looking for you. You have to look for them. Uh, and you have to be consistently um, on top of it to make sure that you're getting in front of the right people uh, to, to at least create an awareness of who you are and that you are willing to participate. Uh, we found the Healy uh, trial online as we were doing our research and really were um, impressed with the new approach of uh, a platform trial looking at several uh, possible medications, uh, sharing the placebo, which meant that um, instead of a 50-50 placebo active drug, uh, you had a 75% chance of getting the active drug. And so for that, we were, it, it was very appealing to me. Uh, and then the fact that at the end of the trial, uh, you could enter into the uh, uh, extended program where you can then receive the active drug uh, for another six months. Um, so we did a lot of research. Um, I contacted Healy, uh, worked with uh, some of their uh, patient uh, facilitators uh, who were very helpful in connecting me with a couple of clinics that were willing to take someone from outside of their um, region. 
uh, and uh, Texas Neurology was just perfect. They were just so good to to work with. Um, and, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it's like applying for college. <laughs> you, you know, you're filling out a lot of paperwork, you're, you're following up, you're, you're trying to make the, the best impression uh, uh, to the folks making the decision to allow you to participate. Uh, we were lucky enough uh, to, to do that well and to be included uh, in this medical trial. Jose had found a trial he felt good about, but there was one big hurdle traveling from Hawaii all the way to Texas for the regular site visits required by the trial. In many ways, he was lucky. He was the boss at his job, so he could take all the time he needed, and he had the resources to travel. Still, there were many challenges to work through. Well, the first thing we did is we um, set up a uh, GoFundMe account, because uh, we had a lot of friends who had reached out and asked, how can we help? Uh, and so we set up a GoFundMe account uh, to allow friends and family uh, to help with uh, covering the cost of, of travel. Um, I've always been a good traveler. I mean, I, I loved to travel around the world. And um, uh, so, uh, but, you know, as my progression progressed or my disease progressed, um, every trip became a little bit more challenging, um, including, you know, securing a wheelchair, you know, at the gate. Uh, getting uh, into the seat. Uh, my wife uh, was traveling with me uh, and uh, uh, to help me, you know, get from the seat to the bathroom or from the seat, you know, to the wheelchair, you know, out uh, to um, uh, out of the airport. Uh, so every every trip became more challenging uh, as my ability to walk uh, decreased. Um, but uh, it's 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 one of those things that you, if you commit yourself, as I committed myself to, to participate in this program, then those are the kind of challenges that you have to overcome um, to be able to attend, participate, uh, and, um, and, and do it in a positive way. Jose, who spent so much of his life in news telling the stories of others, also decided that he would share his own story of living with ALS and participating in a clinical trial. He started a blog to keep his friends and family updated and to spread awareness of the disease and the current lack of effective treatments. From the very start, my wife and I decided that we wanted to share our story and to be transparent uh, with friends and family and colleagues. Uh, and we thought the best way to do that was to create a, a website, a blog, uh, where I could um, share my story and my experiences uh, with friends and family who uh, we're reaching out to, you know, check on, you know, how I was doing. And so instead of uh, answering, <laughs> you know, every phone call and every email, we thought it was easier to just put it out there on a website. And, and, and that has been really, uh, uh, for us, a great way to have a place to share our experience, but also, I think, to educate um, friends and family who may not really know um, what ALS really is and what it does. They, they know about the ice bucket challenge. They might know, you know, about Stephen Hawkins and Lou Gehrig, but they may not really understand um, how this disease progresses and how this disease impacts patients differently uh, and um, all the challenges that it presents uh, to an individual. And so I think it's important for uh, for me to, to document my experience, 
if I'm able to educate one person, and if that one person goes to ALS.org to learn more about um, how to help uh, uh, folks with ALS, then we've done our job. I've also done interviews here at our, our, my own public radio station. Uh, I've done another podcast uh, with a friend of mine from Orlando. Um, uh, and, 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 if, and again, it's all about sharing, educating, uh, and advocating uh, for uh, more funding for ALS and to educate the community as much as I can. Unfortunately, Jose ultimately experienced something many participants go through, especially in ALS, the suspension of his trial. Even though there was still time to go in the planned study, the researchers had seen enough data to conclude that the drug was not providing a significant benefit to the participants. So when we received the news that Regiment A uh, was being suspended, um, uh, again, I was disappointed in hearing that. Uh, but I wasn't angry. I, you know, I didn't get upset. I didn't. I didn't. Um, uh, I, I didn't cry. Uh, uh, what, what for us it was okay. Um, you know, just like Thomas Edison had to fail hundreds of times before he achieved the light bulb. Uh, we know that these trials are designed to do exactly the same thing. There's going to be lots of failures before they get something right. Uh, and so for us. It allowed us to close that chapter uh, and then to look at what's the next thing. Uh, so for us, uh, we'll, when we go to Texas Neurology, we'll be talking with our, the neurologist there um, to see what uh, his thoughts are of what some of our next steps could be, because there are other trials out there besides the Healy platform trials that we may want to participate in. Uh, we were able to get into a synaptic cure early. We were asked by IMALS uh, to participate before they went public. Uh, and that allowed us um, not just access to my complete DNA uh, uh, results, but also to connect with Dr. Bedlack uh, at Duke University, who is a leading neurologist when it comes to ALS. Uh, and we'll be seeing him in August. And we hope that that will also open some doors for other treatments because uh, Dr. Bedlack kind of approaches ALS uh, kind of out of the box. Um, you know, he, he does look at, you know, the science part of it, but he also looks at other ways uh, to help patients with, with ALS. Uh, so we'll, we'll be looking at other alternatives. And, and the issue for me is that the clock's ticking uh, because a lot of trials do not accept patients beyond two or three years from the onset of the first symptoms. Uh, and I'm getting close um, to that, you know, clock. Uh, and um, so we're hoping to get into the next trial or, or some other um, assets that we can get a hold of um, before we get locked out, um, which is, you know, I understand why they do that, but it's an unfortunate <laughs> issue with, with ALS patients. Um, and, and trials it is after two or three years of, of from your onset, you're, you're pretty much locked out uh, from, from those trials. Uh, but there's other treatments out there that we'll hope to, um, to participate in. Jose's attitude about his situation and his willingness to make sacrifices to help move forward ALS research are remarkable and inspiring. For others living with ALS and considering a clinical trial, he says persistence and an openness to whatever may come are essential. 
Yeah, my advice for individuals that are looking to get into medical trials is jump on it as quickly as possible. Don't don't let time um, get away because uh, uh, the, the quicker you're able to access uh, entry into a medical trial, the better off you're going to be. And, and the other thing is you have to be um, you have to be your own advocate. Uh, you have to be a bulldog. You have to consistently be checking in, following up. Uh, providing all the information that they ask for, uh, and then enter it um, with the philosophy and the uh, understanding that the medical trial may not do anything for you. Uh, One of the things that um, concerned me uh, looking at some of the blogs and Facebook groups is individuals that were in medical trials and, and were getting frustrated because they weren't seeing improvements uh, by participating. And I don't think that's the reason that someone should get into the medical trial. Yes, you know, we want it to help us uh, and see improvements uh, in our progression, um, but you can't enter it in that mindset. You have to enter it in, I'm helping science find a solution for ALS. And it may not help me, but this whole experience is going to help others. Uh, and I think having that mindset is the mindset I went into the, the, the trials uh, is, is so important uh, to have a positive um, experience uh, with the trial. To read more about Jose's story, you can check out his blog at teamjose.com. To learn more about research at the ALS Therapy Development Institute, including our commitment to bringing a new treatment into clinical trials every two years, visit als.net. Thanks for listening.